Hi, I'm Bryce. And I'm Jimmy. We are telecom and creative professionals. We're also fans of podcasting as our respective careers give us an abundance of windshield time. While there is a podcast for just about any obscure topic you can think of, there was no regular podcast pertaining to Montana politics. That is why with our combined powers, we are Montana Voices Podcast. We strive to be an independent voice for all issues pertaining to Montanans and Montana politics. We also strive to be very forthcoming with our personal biases as we attempt to see beyond them. Montana Voices Podcast does not operate in a vacuum. We need your support. Whether that be listening to our cast, providing us feedback, sending us conversation topics, sharing our content, or providing financial support. We look forward to a long career in podcasting with your added assistance. Welcome to Montana Voices Podcast, episode 30. We're getting up there and it's great to have the band back together. It is. It's uh, It's been a bit. been a hot minute. Yeah, well, life uh, kept us away from the microphone for a bit, uh, but we had a some content out there on our social medias and of course our reboot cast uh i think it was last week at this point yeah uh big big props to beth for coming on to the show there to get it done there i was supposed to be on with that one as well but i completely forgot that we were casting uh things have been really chaotic in all aspects of for us here lately so uh, we're trying to get back into it here i'd say this is probably my biggest new year's resolution currently is to uh continue keeping consistent on this yeah absolutely here as well said other life things in the christmas season it gets busy and it you know in local politics has not been that busy anyway so we'd probably just be shooting the breeze anyway but let's go yeah, ahead and, you know especially after that last election uh things kind of settled down and everyone's just kind of sitting back and waiting until everyone can get in an office and start shaking things up again so anyways yeah you were saying back yeah, to business here back to business uh, our, uh, you can always catch our podcast every episode streaming at montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to hit us up for any kind of questions, concerns, comments, if you'd like to be on the show, you can email us at montanavoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter feed is available at Montana underscore voices. Our Facebook is available using at Montana Voices Podcast. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube by searching for Montana Voices Podcast. And we are quite literally everywhere and also free as in freedom, open source uh, on our back end and most of our front end right now. Indeed. True. Uh, I'd like to go ahead and flex that. Right now I'm streaming to you all currently uh, from uh, open source Linux operating systems. So it's good to finally get away from Windows and uh, the chains of oppression that capitalism brought to us here. I mean, wind blows, um, just so yeah. we're correct on semantics here. Exactly. That's the one. Well, let's run through our old issues, uh, stuff we talked about last cast that you weren't here, but Danes and Tester have been getting along and are more alike every day, it feels like. There is a... Ooh, man, which big bank uh, bought into both of those guys? That's a good point. We got to track down the money. Of course, it's uh, dark money, as they say, or not so dark. But Citizens United, you know. Yeah. Is, is Tester a member yet? No. Oh, absolutely. He's definitely a citizen. And benefits from it greatly. but Well, yeah, they're all united. Well, you can't, even as a candidate, even if you say you're not going to accept dark money, it's there regardless. And if somebody likes you, they're going to do advertisements for your ideas and try to cast your opponent in a bad light. I think where the line sort of gets drawn is when you advocate for a specific candidate. So say, you know, whoever's a piece of crap. But you can't say, this guy smells like roses. 
Correct. And on top of that, I think where that dark money ends up at, you know, uh, I, I can see it not being traced back to them if, if the people are like, you know, paying out for their own political ads. Uh, but it, if, if this is hitting a bank account under your name, then yeah, that, that, that's kind of dark money. Well, it's not. I'm not sure if you've seen the dark money documentary, which I have. I have it's, oh, it's by those people that uh, we don't talk about here. They made a documentary. It's actually oh. really good. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, bet, those I'll bet they did. Yeah, probably had to take the foam out into the field for that. But we, um, <laughs> moving on, we got Blackfoot Language Revival. We talked about how a app has been written by a member of the Blackfoot community to teach people the Blackfoot language, currently only available on iOS, unfortunately. But hopefully our cries will be heard and somebody who's qualified will rewrite it for a more open platform. That is pretty cool. And yeah, I'm hoping that uh, such a great tool could be uh, become available to the open source community because that could be a really great tool if given out to more people. Uh, that's a language you don't want to see. You don't want to see any languages die, but that one's one, I guess, closer to the current times that we're, we could see go away and not come back, you know? I mean, look at all the efforts we've made to keep say latin relevant today we're still naming things after latin verbs or whatever so uh, why can't we extend that same thing to a native language to uh keep some of those remnants there i feel like it's the least we could do <laughs> literally the least after we spent a couple hundred years trying to kill it but literally the least yeah you know um i mean we don't even have it on the docket here but uh all the current stuff going on with the Catholic Church fostering their uh, naughty priests in and out of the reservations, uh, all overlooked there for the longest time and stuff, just now coming to light. Well, not on this docket, but it was on a previous docket. We will toot our own horn here because that uh, I think we had a few episodes where we covered that in, in pretty great detail. Yeah, we've been pretty vocal about it in the past, I believe. Uh, yeah, so thoughts on that still haven't changed. Still stand where we do on that. Love yet so. to get a cease and desist letter from the Catholic Church. We'll wait for the day. <laughs> Come at me, Pope. Anyways, uh, next thing here looks like you had an e-cig ban in force. Uh, didn't they let up on that since then? There was a bunch of outrage, and Bullock doesn't like it when people get mad at him. Yeah, talk about a spine. No, I believe it's still in effect as of today. There's been talk of it being removed, and I had long suspected that this... I mean, this will not hold up, because that is a... Um, right reserve for the federal government. We have a whole, you know, the Food and Drug Administration for that. They handle that, right? I, yeah. Or is I that AT, or ATF's the enforcement, but Food and Drug I is the... I think it's ATF, FDA, though, because it's like a glycerin uh, gel thing that they do for the actual vape juice. It's weird. I don't know, it's one of those things that's in limbo, so there's going to be zero laws on it, but we're going to keep just scratching our heads about it. Um. Uh, wow, it, it, talk about a cluster. Well, as I pointed out in the the last cast, I'm, I'm looking at the ulterior motives here, and I'm maybe getting a bit conspiratorial when I suggest that I mean the span isn't meant to last, and it w will fail when it's challenged, which it already is being challenged. And you know the companies that are going to go under because of this are all going to be the very small businesses that you know a mom and pop shop that sells flavored vape. And the only thing that's going to survive is the 
was it the jewel cartridges, I think it was, the Marlboro of the vaping world that I understand yeah, isn't very good. Until, until Marlboro makes their own, of course. And then um, who knows, maybe DuPont could like th- toss her hat in the game. Oh, an organization you can trust for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, just a company that's been around. You know, a brand that you know. One that your grandparents used, you know? Exactly. Like Joe Camel. We I could bring still... him back. Um, if it's non-tobacco vape, um, you're not allowed to market it to you know, under 21-year-olds now. I believe The cigarettes, that's on the docket here. Cigarettes and vape, 21 and below is a no-go. Oh, wild. Yeah, that, that sort of came out of left field. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of... It's funny because I remember back in the day thinking like, geez, well, why don't they have that one be 21 like alcohol if it's such a big deal? And then to see it happen now, though, it's just very surreal of like, why did they do that? <laughs> there was no need. Yeah, that did the tobacco lobby money run out or... I just say like the check must have bounced or something and they're just uh I'll bet you know, I'm I'm wondering if there was um some backdoor negotiations that went south and uh the guys on the federal side are just like, Well, you, you don't think we're serious here, do you? And they oh. uh, threw out the ban hammer at it and they're like, Just you watch, we'll take it all away next. Well, they can try for you know, from my cold dead hands. I don't smoke, but now I'm also over 21, so it wouldn't really make a difference, but there's a big yeah, black the, market to be served here. The desire uh, is pretty much gone there once you're old enough to do it. And uh, yeah, I just like this must really suck for those kids uh, ages 19 and 20 right now. The ones who've like just developed and like uh, developed that need to go outside for their cigarette break, you know, every two hours at work or whatever. Yeah, taking away smoking from the workplace uh, has been the biggest blow to workplace productivity, you know, in quite a quite a long time. Uh, yeah, apparently, we'll, we'll have to bring it back. But yeah, it's a good good point. I mean, twenty one. I guess we have to decide when an adult is an adult. And of course, I'm looking at unequal enforcement because I imagine this will be treated differently if you you know pull over a Cambridge college kid uh, rather than a minority I I think the uh, willingness to charge somebody with an MIPT it's a minor in possession of tobacco will be could sway a little bit you don't yeah, want to ruin a good kid's life it's gonna be strange to see this enforced in the military yeah absolutely I mean you're old enough to sign away your life to your country but you can't smoke I mean, while you're dying. Do you get a pass if you, like, just watched your friend get shot in the face? Or, like, do you still, like, no, oh, oh, oh hold up there. Give, give me them snooze packets there. I would assume there would be a, also a great discrepancy in how it's enforced in the military. Um, I imagine, or I would think that most uh, people in command over there wouldn't care. But No, not at all. Um, and you're going to see that attitude spill back over here, I think. And I don't know that well i mean i'm sure this will probably take effect and then stay in but i already think if they want to keep this going and keep it a thing they're gonna have to probably raise that age on the military then too that's not what we want to do in fact we want to get them younger yeah see that's just like i'm it's a weird mentality to tell people one thing but then praise the other 
Exactly, and I think the military, or at least I was when I first signed up, uh, you can sign as early as 16 or maybe 15 for the delayed entry program. Basically go through training light with them, and uh, the day you turn 18, you're, I guess, ready to go to boot camp. Yeah, they'll uh, do whatever it takes there to get their information ahead of time, and uh, they'll be they'll be ready. Yep, they'll be ready to take you. But you can't smoke. No, well, not anymore. <laughs> moving on to the next issue we discussed, Missoula holding us back with LED lights. Northwestern Energy is looking to update from I think it's high pressure sodium is the old standard that you know kind of orangish green color tint to a LED light. But Missoula is concerned that this could cause light pollution. I see. Well, um, it is quite the uh, organic crowd over there. Uh, so I imagine that they would probably be upset if they couldn't do their stargazing. And these lights are significantly brighter when they're LEDs. So, Well, I'm sure they uh, could be adjusted properly or turned down. Potentially. Um, but, I mean, at the same time... You don't see a lot of places that just like shut off street lights at night. No, um, except Missoula, and you know, I guess we're probably the exception because Missoula is like overcast like two thirds of the year, so stargazing in the valley isn't a thing. Well, yeah, I guess you guys really are a horrible place to do stargazing, given that you are in that valley. I forget about that. Yeah, we hold in all that beautiful cloud cover and pollution and weed smoke. Yeah, yeah, I've walked outside of my house sometimes, and I was like, this smells like a dispensary. What is going on out here? <laughs> I live in a nice neighborhood. Jeez, oh, yeah, no, Hawthorne's definitely, like, not even weedy. Yeah, it's... So. Well, the times are changing, so... <laughs> the riffraff's moving in. Yeah, on to things here. Um, oh, the one thing, other thing we didn't get to, um, I don't see a list in here at all. Did we talk about Bullock at all? Uh, no, not not too much other than the e-cig ban. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but that's the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's the elephant in the room that we have to bring up here. Bullock, he's out. Yeah, he, he quit the race. Why? He, he, Why'd you... <laughs> quit Why? the race, nobody thought he would win. Since day <laughs> one. Know, as he, I think he said that Reagan was a late contender, like the last one to enter when he won. And, and uh, he's like, just you watch everybody. Just like Reagan, I could pull this off. No, he and started looking, way too... I'm not... The timing just didn't even make sense. Maybe if he, you know, announced before, you know, Warren and Bernie, um, I think the only person that can pull off that late contender would be uh, Biden, because he was one of the last ones, or last populist ones, because there's a few other people that have tossed their hat in the ring, which at this point you have to ask why, but... Can you imagine, though, if... Um like Hillary went in for that at the last second. Like I'm, I'm going. Oh geez. Well, it's Trump 2020. So <laughs> I say that unironically oh. because we saw how that worked out last time. Jeez. Yeah, I'm just looking at Steve Bullock's website. He's removed basically anything that says vote for me for president. Well, well I mean, they yeah. probably had it prepped beforehand and you know, when system admin had to do one click and reverted <laughs> back as if it never happened. Uh. It's in the uh, he lost file. <laughs> yeah, it's such a so. a weird thing that because it's it's gone. Bullock had a um a campaign office in in Helena, of course, but it was a, a pretty big place that was packed with a lot of people. And I I heard the announcement, and then 
other business led me to the area and then it's deserted. Like nothing ever happened. Like they cleared, cleared out. Yeah. Cleared out. Wild. Cause like the other, I want to say, I looked at this website, like probably a good two months ago. It was at least two months before he made his announcement and there was an opening for like a marketing manager or something. And I was like, geez, that's a bad, who, who's going to take uh, that job? Who's going to take that job? You know, I worked for Steve Bullock for three days. <laughs> Can you imagine that you're caught. What do you, what do you mean to call it? And like that immediately becomes your job of like trying to prop him back up and like, we can stay in this, Steve, just get us through to tax return time. <laughs> well, well, they didn't find that golden media manager. So Bullock had to drop out to, to no one's surprise. And I still don't understand why he's not looking at the Montana Senate, which would be a, a good spot for him. And a lot of people are disappointed in that still. Yeah, it'd be nice if like anyone from the Democratic side would look at that Senate seat because uh, it's going to end up down to the last second and they're all going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. We got to send somebody up to run for that, don't we? Oh, and is that this month? Is there someone's going to be like, well, that Rob Quist guy, I liked his music. And like, uh, yeah, he's I liked his stuff. And yeah, we'll bring back Amanda Curtis or something. We're voting for him and then. It ends up being a huge misunderstanding because we always thought we weren't going to hear him play a song, but now he's running for the Senate. He did play songs. Uh, I heard him play at Giant Springs. I think he did. He was an amazing uh, songwriter and uh, musician. I think a lot of his campaign events were were just that. He just went up with a guitar. Exactly, but that's also why, like you know, Ted Nugent was never governor. I, I think Ted <laughs> Ted wasn't governor for a number of other reasons too. Um, being a batshit crazy, I think, is one of them. But yeah, probably the main one. Good old cat scratch grandpa. Uh. Yeah, but um, news that everybody I think is excited about, and since everybody's agreed on this, kind of makes me question why it took so long for the Little Shell to be a federally recognized tribe. It's about damn time. Congratulations, Little Shell tribe. Very it, proud. Very excited. Very happy. As am I. I'm about. 5,000 members that they count internally now. Um, That's awesome. Which is, I didn't know they had that many. I thought it was like 1,000 or something. No, 5,000, which is which is interesting because you look a little bit north of Great Falls, that region. I guess they're... I, I don't even know. I mean, they don't have any land, so they're somewhat Great Falls. Are but, they going to get a reservation now? They should. Yeah, some 800 acres, if I recall right. Nice. Where's that going to be? Is it Black Eagle? Are they going to make Black Eagle the reservation? Oh, they should. They should. They should. Black Eagle is I a really, land of freedom. and I really hope it's the sovereign nation of Black Eagle. Let's do it. Ooh. Oh, does that include the refinery? <laughs> That's a... I don't know. Oh, man. It becomes, it becomes <laughs> tribal business. Well, I doubt it'll be land of any value or interest, as is typical for reservations. Um, of course, there's a few exceptions to that, um, namely the Salish uh, over here in Pulse, and they got that lake area, you know, which is a, a beautiful place. Yeah, they they got that dam money. Well, what's interesting, we also talked about the dam in the last episode, and I have failed to look into what the finances might be on that. Is it making money? Is it breaking even? I, I sure hope so. I don't know, actually, because like, I thought that they owned it, but then... Um, they do. Okay, because like Northwestern Energy, 
I thought bought all the dams in the state, but I guess that was just all the ones that weren't controlled by the tribe. Yeah, but I'm not sure who's running it. They may be contracting Northwestern to run it. That I, I couldn't tell you for sure. I'd have to look that up. Because hmm. running a dam is a uh, pretty um, niche business that you know not a whole lot of organizations know how to do, and I can just imagine the tribe is like, ah, we need to run a dam now. Huh. Yeah, didn't really expect uh, to get this far, but they keep that how-to playlist on YouTube set to private. I think so. Yeah, some so... Uh, coveted material that they go over. But there is a couple modern Marvel episodes you can watch on dams that'll uh, get you started. Oh, good, good. You can get the basics uh, out of the way. Your your yeah. dam operations one hundred and one. Figure out what's going on. Yeah, so, so. I, maybe I'll make a note to look at that, uh, research that for a future cast. Um, whom exactly is running the dam on contract, and how is the financial situation? I mean, it's been a decade or so, so they're still running a dam. That's good. Yeah, we have. I you, wish that um, you know, we'd see some more wind business kick up in like the Browning area because. That's one thing they have a lot of is with the wind. Which makes me wonder, are they looking for gusty wind or consistent wind? Oh, yeah, good point. Because, you know, it, it, browning crazy windy. <laughs> like, too windy to drive at times. And yeah. But it's, like, consistent, though, with that, with, like, massive gusts. Because I wonder if a massive gust or an extreme windstorm puts undue pressure on these things and shortens their life and maybe we'll have to have a wind expert on maybe well you, you need to have a bird expert well they, they go hand in hand really absolutely as you say maybe that's why they don't have it there is because with it being right next to the mountains and then the uh the glacier national park there and stuff could be a bird pathway yep and they actually shut the uh wind farms down if they see specific species and they have people on payroll whose only job is to look for birds which is crazy that a uh, single bird can shut the entire thing down. Jeez, wild. Yeah, well, we'll get a, uh, what do you call the bird people? Orthologists or... Orthoneologists yeah. or some shit. I don't know. They're... Yeah. So, all right, anyway, back to the 5,000 members or so. Um, those numbers will likely be increasing as they are now a federally recognized tribe. Because before, there was no real reason other than, you know, community to be enrolled in your tribe. And I imagine this will bring a a lot of little shell people out of the woodwork uh, and looking for tribal enrollment. So those numbers yeah. are, are bound to increase. Absolutely. Well, they deserve it. So they should get on up there. And just uh, for comparison, go a little bit north and uh, talk about the Chippewa Cree Reservation. There's about 8,000 members of that. I think right outside of Haver. So, yeah, 8,000 members there versus 5,000, and likely an increase that 5,000. So, what in the crap took so long? But we'll move on to Bitcoin, because there's always something exciting in Bitcoin. That there is. Yeah, very. Oh, man, and this one is no exception to that at all. Yeah, Butte's mining business is once again in jeopardy. The uh, mining business over in Butte, where they, um, where it's sort of been, Butte has been an attraction for that. I mean, they have very good power infrastructure. The Northwestern Energy is right there. And very low wages, low property values. And they are least likely to oppose questionable businesses. Unlike Missoula, which currently has a crypto mining ban, 
you cannot start a new crypto mining business in Missoula, nor increase your capacity if you're a current crypto mining business. So, do you guys have any current crypto mining there? Yeah, just the one outside of Bonner and Milltown. Ah, which is still running strong, it looks like. I see. So they can add like even one miner to that thing, then basically. Well, I don't know how Missoula County would enforce that, but they're told not to. They probably have. Uh, I'll bet you what happened is when it kicked, they probably went out and like hard set the meter. Oh, their power. <laughs> That's it. Like if you go over this at all, you're done. <laughs> Just shut it all down. But, yeah, so that's, yeah, no new business in Missoula. We're against that. Noise pollution and power consumption is the thing, which is weird because we talked about LED lights a moment ago, which offer a significant savings over the old-fashioned ones, which we are against. Well, that's the thing is, like, what you're, uh, and that's the thing, I guess, too, with Missoula is that uh, they will go above and beyond to, um, you know, help the injustice in the world as long as it doesn't affect them in their daily lives. Yeah, what do they care about Bitcoin? You know? Well, isn't that like any of these issues? I mean... Well, the thing is, though, with this is that if a mining operation starts setting up shop because the power is cheap, then all of a sudden the power is not as cheap. And that's what everyone got pissed off about is because they saw them coming in. They saw what the, they needed, like an entire substation built for them. And then saw the power draw coming off of it and were like, whoa, what? And Northwestern, I believe, came out and said, yeah, it's uh, kind of going to affect everybody else's rates next year. Because, like, I mean, that's just how we do averages for billing is like we just look at general consumption and like we have to bring it in more well regardless and so like as a result everybody starts paying out more well northwestern energy would like to tell us that but they are of course regulated by the psc uh use the term regulated in quotation marks because as we discussed in a previous cast the um the chairman uh, the guy the guy from coal strip went in a different podcast and was telling people how the psc's job is not to represent consumers what's their job um, to regulate the monopoly. But while not representing the consumers, because there's a separate agency for that, which nobody has ever heard of. Including us. I, I so feel the PSC like I should... is um, well, you don't even vote for these people. Wait, you do vote for these people, right? You vote for, yeah, each of your county commissioners. No, no, you vote for the, directly for the PSC in the general. Oh. I recall voting for the last good member of the PSC who is uh, now on the greener pasture, so to speak. Hopefully there's no Indeed. coal over there, but... He, uh, yeah, no, he, he's a good kid. I say that because he was like your age, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. We worked uh, closely together on the Great Falls High newspaper. There you go. Decades so, ago. Yeah, no, he, um, anytime I saw him in the newspaper or in uh, like the KRTV website, Posts or videos, he always seemed like he was always going to bat for the people, you know? I think he was the last person on the PSC that actually was, um, which is why, as we discussed in a previous cast, Northwestern Energy took uh, particular exception to him and fired up their blog just to, just to try to sling some dirt at him. Wasn't he also the youngest member? 
Yeah, I think the the youngest me- member, but you couldn't tell because he came out of high school with male pattern baldness. So he he looked like he was thirty five, right? <laughs> right at a ripe seventeen years old. Oh, that is terrible which, to hear. Which means he was meant for this job. So yeah, the PSC is not to um, represent consumers, which is uh, news to most consumers that vote for PSC uh, representatives. Oddly, odd that is their name. Uh, representative on the PSC. So it, it should not directly affect rates. The um, commercial rates of actual three-phase power doesn't quite have the direct correlation to residential rates as you would think. They're built somewhat differently, not just on usage, but on power factor, basically how efficiently they, they use that power and how balanced their three phases are. So that's a bit different, but not completely isolated, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. I will take your word for it on that one. But um, I don't know enough about it to tell you if we're looking at an efficiency of scale. Because yeah, if you, uh, I no, mean, my brother's the electrician in the family. I only deal with low voltage myself. Uh, yeah, me, so. me is actually no voltage at all, light. Yeah, so uh, none, none of this nonsense. Uh, let's get on to the next topic here. Maybe something more in our wheelhouse here feral pigs. And uh, on top of that, or no, I read that wrong. Jeez. Uh, Asian giant hornets. Oh, that sounds even worse than feral pigs. Yeah, I, I think it is worse, uh, unless they're going to handle the feral pig problem. Well, that wouldn't be so bad, I guess. But then just have a bunch of pig corpses filled with giant hornets, and that doesn't sound great. No, and none of this does. And like I've said this before, we're, we're building the wall on the wrong border. Um, we need to worry about these uh, illegal aliens crashing our borders with no regard for our laws or our way of life. Yeah. That being the pigs and the wasps. Dome here too, potentially. Cause like there's a, uh, those hornets I imagine can fly over the wall pretty easily. So, uh, just got 10 feet taller, Bryce. Yeah, (laughs) true. We got to make it a little bit taller there. Uh, how high can a hornet fly? We should look into that. Yeah. Research for the future cast, but they have been spotted in Canada, which is, a problem for Canada um, and for us. I've yet to see the feral pigs, though. Um, they might still be coming down south to wreak havoc on our crops. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah, that'll uh, be something if those things show up. And I, I don't even know how you handle wasps. It seems like they're a pretty hardy creature. I Yeah, I mean, the normal wasp is usually when I see what I've I, I, I won't mess with it until I can find the wasp spray. But with these things, I mean, these wasps, from the pictures in this thing, let me pull that up here. It's about the size of the tip of your pinky, it looks like. So a, a pretty big thing. No, that's uh, that's not his pinky. That's his index finger. Oh, geez. Well, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that is not... Oh, yeah. So it takes up basically... From his fore, is that your fore knuckle? You would call that joint on your on your finger. I believe down, so. Basically, the entire first two portions of his finger, of his index finger. Well, this is absolutely terrifying, Bryce. I mean, I was sort of looking forward to feral pigs. Uh, maybe it could be open season on those. That seems like it would be fun. It would be fun to shoot some, you know. Uh, these though, just uh, no, thank you, because you, you can't. They're too small to shoot at. Yeah, your weapons are useless against them. There, uh, you, this is this is the same concern with drones now. You know, uh, 
Well, a, a weapon would work on those. A shotgun, I think, um, could take a drone down. And, uh, yeah, uh, and at least it's controlled by a human entity in some point. This thing, there's no control. This is uh, uh, nature having its way with you. Well, not natural nature. I mean, these are Asian giant hornets from Asia, not native to this land. So this is us interfering with nature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who put that thing back where it came from? So help me. Hey, is it, I wonder if it's going to be like the frogs in Australia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but we will see if that actually comes to fruition because I, I recall even when I was a kid, we were fearful of killer bees. I mean, it says killer in the name um, coming more west, but we've yet to really see that happen. Yeah, I remember seeing um, stuff like on the Discovery Channel about a- African bees now like they were going to kill us. And then after that, you know, you'd see, um, it was a really old movie, but I remember around the same time they'd show like a rerun of the old movie, the swarm. Oh, geez. Uh, I I vaguely remember it. Yes. Yeah. So for those of you listening that don't know, the swarm is basically like the birds, but it was just about like a bunch of bees that kill everybody instead. And, like, when they would sting people, they would have these crazy hallucinate, like, they would hallucinate a massive bee in front of their face. Horrific effects. Is um, that 80s thrasher horror movies at its best? I, I, you know, let me look it up here because it might have even been, uh, like, a 70s film. I thought oh, it man. was. Getting way back. So, yeah, we've yeah, got to see the bees. 78. So. I mean, bees should know better than to try to invade Montana in winter. I mean, that's got to stop him every year, I think. Oh, wow. Michael Caine was in this. Huh. So the swarm, it's going to be a reality for us Montanans if uh, these things fly south. Yeah, so uh, be cautious, everyone. Keep your bee spray near you. So we've spent some time talking about Missoula's Open Places, Open Spaces campaign thing, and it looks like uh, Great Falls is working on some improvements of their own. So Rivers Edge yep. Trail is getting a facelift. Yep, I I don't know if you heard about this, but a change is coming to Great Falls. Um, I I I heard this was um planned before the change. So, was it two hundred forty-seven million, or or what's the number there, Bryce? Listen, change is coming. Two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars for repairs to the River's Edge Trail. That's a lot, but looking at these pictures, like this, like whoa, dude! Like this second picture down, uh. There, there's no trail left. Like, this is just, it looks like it just fell off the side. Yes, that is, well, it's right on the riverbank. It is called the River's Edge Trail. And I guess, yeah, erosion. They should call it the Erosion Trail. Yeah, they should uh, work on something to prevent that, maybe. Like, uh, you'd think asphalt would do the trick, but I guess not. Yeah, yeah maybe there's a new sinkhole there. So that's that's interesting. I recall seeing the sinkhole last time I was on that trail, but it's, well, improved. Apparently, this is an expensive proposition, and Northwestern Energy is dumping in about $16,000. Oh, it's very admirable of them. Yeah, very very, very nice of them. So, yeah, change is a coming to Great Falls, um, but sort of the next thing I pointed out is um, outdoor improvements or non-improvements in Great Falls. There is a... This organization, which um, seeks to make that not a thing, Montanans for Reasonable Land Use is the, the name of the place, 
But they are adamantly against, they've been against the slaughterhouse, they're against the cheese packing plant. Apparently that's not a responsible land use, but which is kind of weird for Great Falls, which has been pretty centrist, but they haven't been able to get any new big developments to come in in, oh geez, got to be a decade. What was the last one? Wheat, Montana, and that's going on 15 years. Have you, okay, understood, but... I think that the concern is not that there's industry moving to Great Falls, it's which industry. Or how to keep the industries out of Great Falls seems to be the current uh, discussion. Just this industry specifically. Cheese plant? Um, uh, that seems like a responsible industry. No. Uh, the whole uh, food park thing, they want to have like slaughterhouses here and stuff. Um when you do that, like you have a lot of waste and stuff and people don't want that into our water tables and stuff because then before you know it, we have water that's worse water quality than it is in Butte. And, you know, it's, it's been said that that is, you know, had an effect on, uh, you know, the Butte area. And yeah, I've heard that the water in situation Falls, in Butte like is the, uh, the challenged. Last year, I think it was, we got a uh, notice from the city of Great Falls. It was like, yeah, so uh just gotta, you know, legally let everybody know um we have something in the water that could potentially be cancer causing, but like it's probably cool, so like you're fine. But Yeah, this is why I get my water anyway. only from the finest mountain streams. Yeah. So like we usually get bottled now as well. So uh, no, not bottled from the finest mountain streams, Bryce. Yeah, I'm well aware which streams you're getting it from. The side of the highway, actually, usually. Um, that that uh, water spout outside of Helena on McDonald Pass is what we've been at uh, recently. Uh, Shoto water's really good. Also, Paradise Montana water. I like it. Uh, the wife doesn't. Says it made her sick once, so refuses to get back in. Made her sick? It's possible. It, it could have been anything, really. Well, I guess that's the risk you take with that uh, unregulated stuff. Well, yeah, it's... Uh, also free is in freedom. But, but as you see, what does regulation mean? You just legally obligated to tell them, yeah, it might cause a little bit of cancer. Just a little bit. But I don't think that's really the... I mean, yes, there's probably some pollution and byproducts of that. But, you know, you make glue out of the shoes and then you um take the byproduct to Taco Bell, I think. But there's... I mean, Billings has a meatpacking plant. Uh, Laurel does, or at least a slaughterhouse. Um, Laurel has a slaughterhouse. I think it's Billings that has the meatpacking plant, or at least did last I lived there. Maybe it closed and they're looking to relocate to Great Falls. But the job situation, Great Falls is stagnant. You say changes are coming, and there's one candidate in Great Falls that has been very adamant about Great oh, Falls is no, going I'm nowhere. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that from my perspective. I'm just saying that, like, that. that's just... From what I understand, that that's a consensus among town folk here is that change is coming to Great Falls. I, I understand. I understand. Change was recently sworn into Great Falls. Sworn in? Yes, uh, that swearing in happened. I didn't know there was a, a ceremony. Uh, there is. They had a coronation day. A coronation. They they swear on the Bible or the Constitution. I I, I don't remember which. Can you use the? Uh, are you allowed to, to use the Torah? I don't think anybody's asked that question before. And <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> yeah, unprecedented. But yes, change is a coming. So 
Yeah, but that change, um, which is interesting, I, I think he was, or that, that change we're, we're talking about, it was sort of opposed to the meatpacking plant and slaughterhouse as well. So, yeah. interesting what change we're talking about if you're advocating and for I, the same position. I can understand that just like looking into what I saw on um, slaughterhouses. Yeah, I'm sure PETA has a very compelling video on it. Precisely. So, yeah, it looks like it might not be the best. So, yeah, I, I get all my facts from Paul McCartney and uh, who's that lady? Pamela Anderson. That's the one. <laughs> and Jenny McCarthy, just for the vaccines. You, you need her expert opinion there. Uh, but it's, it's just, so you know, different you for Great really Falls. Need to get out there and do your own research, all right? <laughs> your own research on the third page of Google. But Great Falls had the stack. They had the stack in the eighties, and we were Great Falls was rivaled only by you know Butte. That's why they have the number two license plate. They were number two only behind Butte, and industry has gone away since then. I mean, certainly things change. I mean, we're far better off than Butte, I would say. But we're doing our best to, to shrink. I mean, there's nothing there. If you look at the population numbers, they've they stayed the same. Where even other places like that you wouldn't even think of rural Montana are also staying the same. The places that we talk about they're dying. But there's a population should be growing just by birth rates alone. But it's not in Great Falls. There's literally more people leaving than entering. How come no one's proposed a bigger stack? You know, that's a good question. The The biggest stack. The biggest well, stack in the world. I, like, I, we should do it. Well, we had one. It was the biggest in the world, wasn't it? Or at least in North yeah. America? I believe it was made out of brick, though. It started to fall apart. And I, I could be wrong on that, but I, I believe that was the issue, is that it was a brick stack. Well, it wasn't made with any safety standards, either. It was made to make money until it collapsed on everybody inside. <laughs> is that why? Yeah, uh, I didn't know it killed people. Well, no, it didn't. <laughs> we purposefully tore it down. Well, yeah, but I didn't know people died. Well, no, nobody died, died but, but that was the idea. It was before modern safety expectations, really. So it, you build a structure, it's, it's functional above all else. That was a masonry stack. Oh, masonry. Okay. Brick chimney. Brick chimney. Uh, masonry, which is why the Freemasons still have a stranglehold on Great Falls today. I wonder if, are they the ones that made this then? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think the Freemasons is, you know, a Boy Scout club, not an actual functional organization, but. 1918, jeez. Yeah, before there was any safety concerns at all. It was functional. Yeah, now this is was like, a... I mean, listen, Johnny, I know that you want to go to to first grade, but we got to get the stack done. <laughs> exactly. That that as well. So, yeah, Great Falls, which once had the, the big stack and once had a, a lot of industry, I, I don't think this would be the first slaughterhouse in Great Falls, period. I'd be very surprised if it was. No, I think it was just like the overall size of it and then like... This is one of those uh, mega slaughterhouses, as I understand. Yeah, exactly. It was going to be like a, a sl like the state slaughterhouse, like you know. Ah, oh, but think of those jobs. Slaughterhouse of the Northwest. Yeah, the, just jobs, jobs galore. But at the same time, um, you, you got to think about the future here and just like where technology is going and stuff. Like we're hitting a lot of automation, and I can see slaughterhouse 
there already is a lot of stuff that's got a lot of like uh kill line assembly and stuff um i could see him doing more of that because uh people just don't want to be in the position to watch these things die and stuff it's really uh has an effect on you you know yeah it's a hard life somebody's got to put the nail through the head which is literally how they do it a nail gun so that that job uh might not be going away till we find a that'd be an advanced ro- robot uh aim shoot and then verify yeah so i mean it's just a matter of like they got to get the technology hammered out so that it just does that to pigs only yeah that you don't want to make a killing machine accidentally certainly yeah then you know you got you got problems on your hand <laughs> yeah don't to identify humans so yeah, well, a mega slaughterhouse, the biggest one in Montana. You know, it's still interesting that they're... I mean, it sounds like that's not going to happen at this point. I mean, I can't imagine the company that wanted to do that is willing to hang on for this long. They'll, you know, go to Butte like every other company that wants to <laughs> find a very welcoming environment for their, we their wares. We'll have to see. It could be that they uh, end up doing it. I don't know. What's on that side of town? Wasn't it on the other side of the Walmart towards Lewistown that they were looking to build this? Um, or is that further back in the dairy area? Yeah, no, that was it was on that side. Yeah, there's nothing going on there. It's a big wheat field right now. Well, another thing is you have a lot of those. That that's where you have the base over there, and then on top of that, you have all of that high uh, value housing over there. Oh yeah, you can't upset those people. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's a lot of the people that were in this group. <laughs> yeah, um, I I wouldn't be surprised. So, which, if that's the case, though, like I'm, like I can completely see why they wouldn't want to live directly next to a slaughterhouse. I would be furious if I built a very nice house with a beautiful mountain view, and then they're gonna put a slaughterhouse for pigs directly in front of it. Like, are you kidding? Like, no. Like, I would fight that tooth and nail. Oh, move to Ohm. That's a uh, good option. Ohm or Cascade. I think they would be welcoming for this business. Yeah. <laughs> Other options? Actually, yeah, those would be great places for that. Uh, Sun Prairie? Exactly. It's you know, it's already a polluted wasteland anyway, so. <laughs> it's not bad out there. It's nice. All right. Well, we have already talked about the little shell uh, at length here. Um, a quick nod to Tribal Radio, and maybe our listeners can fill me in, but so far the only Tribal Radio station I know of is out of... Geez, I don't even know where out of where's the eagle out of. I, I don't even know where they broadcast from. I thought it was out of like um, Chinook or Rocky Boy. Yeah, Rocky Boy maybe. I I know that once you get on the hill outside of Great Falls, you can start picking them. I think it's eighty eight point one, if I remember right. It's a cool channel. They play like a massive variety of stuff. Massive variety, and they have news hours, which is uh, interesting. It is native to its core. It's run by the Chippewa, not the, yeah, the Chippewa Cree, excuse me. So that, that would be at a Rocky Boy or, or that region anyway. Yeah. I- impressive range there. So the note I have on our thing is that the FCC has allowed the um, tribal rural governments to use the 25 gig or 2.5 gigahertz band, which is right above Wi-Fi, which previously was reserved for the FAA, if I'm thinking right, I guess the FAA is not doing a whole lot of work on over at Rocky Boy, which is interesting because depending on which tribe you talk to, they are not very fond of this or they don't accept the 
regulations or the ability to regulate from the FAA or, or the FCC. So travel radio mandated by the FCC, or not mandated, but allowed by the FCC, which is interesting because uh, tribes are confusing. I mean, sovereign, independent, or depend. So they get pissed that they're told about this rule and they're like, well, screw you. I'll use 2.4 if I want. And they're like, well, I, okay. <laughs> like if you guys want to. Yeah, it's, I mean, I know there's not any enforcement there for, for most things um, from the federal government. I mean, is the FAA going to go out to Rocky Boy and try to enforce drone regulations or anything? Is the FCC going to really check up on the Eagle to, to make sure they're within their uh, you know transmission limits? I, I don't think so. And they might not be because I can get impressive range out of that station. It's well-engineered, I think, but very native if you listen to the content, but you know, they are still a disagreement or still setting a lot of these matters in the court of what exactly the federal government or federal government agencies has the right to regulate on the reservations. And apparently for now, we've decided that radio is one of it. I don't know. that A lot of that, too, I'm sure that the federal government's probably making the argument of, like, this is, a, you know, a bigger chunk of the pie than what you guys can chew on currently and, like, what you need to be chewing on because... Like, do you really want to, like, regulate all of the wireless within the tribal area only? Because, like, that's a lot. Well, they currently do. So, or they, they say they regulate, but like anything on the reservations, I, I doubt that the federal government has much enforcement on it. No, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The federal government has the regulation on it. Yes, the, right. They do. They do. They yeah. Do. So when there is pushback from uh, the reservation on it, the federal government's argument on it is that you guys wouldn't want this. Like you wouldn't want to handle this, so we're handling it for you. Yeah, I guess. So, what? What's the phrase? Dependent uh, sovereign, dependent nation. So they're sovereign. They've got their own rules, which is not enforced within their borders. Only enforced to tribal members. It's confusing, but they're dependent on the nation, America, basically. So, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to wrap your head around these things, and they don't make a whole lot of sense. Because yeah, as we discussed in the previous cast, if, say, for example, the Chippewa Cree wanted to regulate their own radio waves and challenge the federal government and add the ability to do that, they only have the ability to regulate or to enforce on tribal members. So they don't have real jurisdiction in their land. It's the same thing with police departments. That's why Polson has um, a sheriff for the white people and a Polson police for the brown people. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, it's a crazy time, really. But also, it doesn't make any sense. So, geez. Well, anyways, moving along here. Which, um, I know, if you get pulled over outside of Polson by a tribal cop, um... Uh, I, I tried this once, and I was like, I wasn't really going that fast, and I don't think either of us want to wait for uh, the sheriff. And he's like, you're right, sir, have a good day. And told me to drive safe, which I did. Uh, you shouldn't speed ever, so. <laughs> uh, so. Wow, jeez, let's move on here. Uh, we already <laughs> talked about Little Shells, so I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit here. Um Native activists are working to get Montana reservations fully counted in on the census. Census, correct? 
And uh, on top of that, that work will lead to us getting another congressional seat. So we will have uh, a tag team matchup of a mystery candidate and Greg the Body, Gene Forte. Oh, I don't know. Is that what Bullock is holding out for? That other congressional seat? Maybe. <laughs> maybe he's out there. Maybe that's what the whole push was, was just to get it like... On the side, he's having them all like push that consent, that census on all of them, everybody. He's like pushing that on all of his interns and stuff. Yeah, that so, is interesting. That a second spot. seat. Um, yeah. So, I don't. The census is a uh, people don't trust the federal government, and fortunately, the people that I think get the the brunt of that are the census people. It is important, and their only duty is to count people. But that doesn't stop people from being crazy, unfortunately. So. It's such a stupid thing to get so pissed off and freaked out about. Well, it doesn't help that our president suggested that we add... Well, well first of all, he suggests they add, ask questions about how many toilets you have. That's not hyperbole. That's word for word what he said. They ask you how many toilets they have. Blows my mind. And also, he has suggested that they add questions regarding the citizenship and and I think just citizenship. So there's... Now a lot of people that are very skeptical of the census. The citizenship thing is a huge red flag. So, like, yeah, I can understand that one, 100%. Well, and the toilet questions, which, of course, I don't know, has has he ever filled out a census? I don't see what the toilet one would lead to, like, in a dangerous sense, though. Well, you're right, but it it was just him talking ridiculousness as he, you know, he talks a lot, so... Yes, he talks a lot, so it, some of the things he say, says are bound to be stupid. And some of them, I'm sure, are smart, okay people. But, yeah, the damage has been done. I mean, there is no question of citizenship on the upcoming census that was a hard no from, from everybody involved. Because we Good. <laughs> we only want to know how many people there are. We, I, I don't think they can legally ask you anything else. So that's all they should need to know. But the damage has been done, and I imagine that people, or illegal specifically, might be um, a little skeptical to um, talk to census folks. You're going to see a lot of like, yeah, it's just me here, nobody else. Exactly. So that that is a, a sad time. But for everybody in Montana who we don't really have the illegal population that we we used to. They really cleaned Billings up. They really did, which is disappoints me. There was no Mexican parade last year. But moving on, uh, yeah, so it is important you fill out your census info, especially if you're in a reservation or a low populous area. Even more important, I mean, it's important anyway, but if you live somewhere that's pretty rural, it's even more so. Excellent. So uh, let's see, Congress is walking back marijuana laws. Or yes, they they are. So we're, you know, we're bringing weed back. Back when I was a kid, weed was illegal, and you'd go to jail for that. Yeah, it's uh, step back, Colorado. I think they're. I don't know. It's weird. They're they're making a switch from from big tobacco to big weed. Is there a big weed? Uh, I don't think there is. Well, I mean, it's still Marlboro and. Salem Winston, I think it is. and Well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong here, but aren't weed and cigarettes uh, maybe a complementary product? Like, I don't think that smoking a cigarette necessarily leads you to smoke weed, but 
going the other way, I, I know quite a few weed smokers that also smoke. Indeed. It's, or, uh, or am I making I a correlation that's not there? There, There's really not a correlation. Like a lot of people do just go straight for uh, marijuana and not for that. But that is also why there's the big push, though, is because big tobacco probably like and this is just all skeptical off of the top of my head here right now but i'm just playing a, you know a what if scenario here is that maybe big tobacco is finally the point here where they're like well shit um you know we're killing everybody these goddamn truth uh ads that the federal government's allowing they won't let us use joe camel anymore we're not even allowed to you know advertise on the fucking radio so like what are we gonna do here and so um they're like well um we could hail mary here somebody in the boardroom says why don't we just uh throw lobby money at trying to get weed legalized and like well give it a shot you know we've got fields we can grow more stuff why not and so they tried it and maybe it's panning out here and uh you're gonna see them start kicking into that because then on top of that, yeah, I mean, you do have a crowd that is involved with both. And so probably Interesting. You, you'll, you'll see mixtures and stuff. But yeah, no, Philip Morris is definitely going to get it, it, its hands in there if it can. Well, there's money to be made, Bryce. Of course. Well, well, we'll see what the future pans out for that. Of course, Montana has a medical marijuana. It is legal here. But federally, it is not, and we have seen dispensaries and uh, production facilities and get raided by the feds. Actually, that was something else I actually saw, too, is that it was potential um, that, I mean, I well, I shouldn't say potential, but there was talk that uh, they could drop it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 2. But if they do that, that makes it specifically like a medicine at that point. And then you can't have a medical provider in the sense that we do now where, you know, it's just, you know, a guy who's grown in his basement or whatever. Uh, you have to go to, like, a Walmart pharmacy and put in your prescription and, you know, they give it to you. That seems like it would ruin the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> basically. And at that point, it would uh, kill it as a small business and it would hand it directly over to people who oh, who do you think could buy into such a big market so quickly? Oh, geez. I mean, he. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Philip Morris to the rescue. <laughs> we're, not, we're not in the business of killing people anymore. We're in the business of saving people now. <laughs> you know, there. <laughs> There's still money to be made here. That's <laughs> they're stepping out of out of the cashier's aisle, that middle cashier's aisle where they've been like segregated to just the one lane. They're they're moving down from there to the pharmacy. They're like, hey, uh, pardon us, we're coming in. Yeah, getting into uh, pharmaceuticals. That's <laughs> that's all skeptics, but like it's it's. I, I see the train of thought there. Gonna, there's a push for you know. Yeah, so, well, let's get into our last piece of business here. We're talking about license plates. Okay, so, so yeah, there's going to be less personalized license plates within uh, the confines of Montana, which, from what I've seen, nobody else in the United States does this. This is specific to us, unless I'm wrong on that and there's somebody else, but 
I've never ever seen another license plate do this. So that's really cool that we do that. At the same time, it's gotten really, really out of hand. There's, I mean, it it's almost to the point where you can upload your own JPEG. Oh, it it should be. I mean, we could have I, special I Montana wish. Voices podcast license plates. I, you know, I, we should look into that. Fewer personalized plates. I want to see what it takes to get on that docket. Just because you guys have less doesn't mean that you can't accept new. I mean, if you're cutting some slack, maybe you could get in some new blood and cut out some of these old players. Yeah, the, I mean, there's 266 of them. Um, some of the complaints I saw were um, it's difficult to choose, which is ridiculous. <laughs> you go to the DMV, there's, there's four main plates, and if you want a special plate, it's on the wall over there. And fret not, you have an hour to look them over before you get up to the counter. As you said, well, I mean, that's all contingent on which county you're in. Some places, they don't even have space on the wall for 266 plates. So um, that that lady is going to pressure you to give her the number for the plate that you want because she's got to get to lunch or that DMV is going to close at a certain hour. Uh, I have never seen a DMV person rush, so I, I don't know if that's true. I mean, they, they seem to be... Assume, I've seen, I'm just saying, like, in some of these... Uh, uh, like uh, courthouses and such in some of the smaller counties in Montana. Like I've seen like the second 12 PM hits, everybody clears out of there lunchtime. Yeah, it, exactly. And I've been Laurel specifically. I had gone to register a vehicle when I lived in Laurel, Montana and um, I had to wait because the clerk that does the license plate was being the clerk of court in court, and then afterwards she was taking the lunch, so I was told to come back at 2. I was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. But once I got in, it took me minutes to get in and out. Laurel, not yeah, wasn't a big place at the time. Yeah, if you need to get anything registered, like definitely try and do it in a smaller town, because it, it, it's quick. Are you a lot a, of times, allowed to do that can, if you're not a resident of that small town? I think so. Really? I forget if it. I think it's for like if you need to like renew your driver's license or something. I think they can do it for you still. Oh, I could be wrong on that. But I like, made my reservation for the Montana Real ID today in May. Oh, good yeah, idea. Yeah, Missoula DMV is backed up till May. Ah, yeah. So yeah. get that done if you haven't already. You have till October before you. They no longer accept it on planes. Ooh, yeah, I need to get that done. I think you can do your passport too. So if you have your passport, I guess there's no real Probably reason. Try and go for the passport. That costs money. Like 180 bucks, I think. Yeah, but can you put a price on your freedom? Ah, oh, geez. Well, if I really was free, I wouldn't have to pay to leave the country. Uh, well, you know, just like the song says, you know, freedom isn't free. Uh, I don't think that's what they were referring to, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, Great Falls Change is Coming. That'll be the title of our past, or this cast, Change is Coming. So go ahead and uh, I think that's all I had, or all we had on the list here. So go ahead and. It is. It's great to be back. Um, yes, it is. I say that with a lot of positivity, though. Uh, change is coming. We're going to do better. I think the town's going to see a change for the better here, potentially. Um, we're, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting for sure. And 
um, you know, we're going to try and get back into this casting thing a lot more and a lot more consistent for that matter. So with that, Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, Happy New Year, a new year, new us. Indeed. Well, thanks for listening to Montana Voices podcast. Uh, um, oh, yes. Yeah, lead me, lead me through the news there or the uh, the, the business because uh, I can't uh, recall. So. All of our casts you can find streaming at our website, montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to reach out to us uh, for questions, comments, or concerns, if you'd like to be on the cast as a guest, I can hit us on our email, which is going to be montanavoices at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is going to be at montana underscore voices. Our Facebook handle is at Montana Voices Podcast. And you can find all of our episodes streaming on YouTube by searching Montana Voices Podcast. 